change, I guess. Counteractive. Redlining. Detrimental. Oh gosh, I don't know. <laughs> Bad. Eugenics. Privilege. Coriopolis. Unfair. Colonization. Cycle. Identification. Damaging. Don't know. We asked our peers how they would describe gentrification in one word. And as you heard, gentrification is a complex issue that can't be labeled as one thing. By definition, gentrification is the process where the character of an urban area is changed by wealthier people moving in, improving housing, and attracting new businesses, which usually displaces people in the process. But why should we care? Pittsburgh has the 71st largest population in the country. We definitely aren't the city with the biggest gentrification problem, right? According to a 2019 study done by the National Community Reinvestment Coalition, Pittsburgh is the eighth most gentrified city in the country, topping larger cities like San Francisco and Austin, Texas. Let's take a look at the Hill District, a cultural hub that underwent mass relocation and fell impoverished as a result of urban renewal. In the 1940s, black art and business prospered. Many black communities had their own baseball leagues, social clubs, and produced aspiring professionals. This boom in culture combated the economic and social disparities many urban communities faced. The election of Homer Brown to lead the NAACP was another symbol of hope for equality. Dr. Chile, a history professor at Pitt, discusses Brown's plan for urban renewal. He and other leaders thought that there was this dilapidated housing, rates of crime appeared to be high. If you can manage to relocate the residents of this community, then demolish this dilapidated housing and build the civic arena. This would be a net good for all concerned. Clearly, this didn't work. And maybe in some ways, it did clean up an area that was in a dilapidated state. But it also meant that people living in that community had very little say and end up getting dislocated especially when they get priced out. It becomes increasingly difficult and eventually impossible for people that had already been there to stay there. And that's one of the challenges with what we call gentrification. Not only did this project displace residents, but it was the catalyst for a trickle-down effect. When homeowners had no disposable income, they could no longer support local shops. So businesses failed, thus continuing a vicious cycle. Gentrification is not a new topic, but it has evolved with time. The impact gentrification has on urban communities has remained taxing, but the process has become slower and less visible. Although by definition, gentrification has an overall negative effect, Ernie Hogan, the executive director of the Pittsburgh Community Reinvestment Group, sees both sides of it. There is gentrification in some cases for good, where we are restoring wealth to neighborhoods that might have seen their wealth evaporate. Gentrification can also be taken a different way in that it is an elevation of cost and value, at which point people can be disenfranchised because of it. And in some cases, it could be a balance where we look at how we restore wealth, but at the same time account for indigenous residents to stay. Urban renewal continued to affect Pittsburgh even after the 50s, with millionaires turning neighborhoods into funded projects. Many of the projects failed, relocating hundreds of families and often left unfinished. During our conversation, Mr. Hogan gave us a better understanding of just how this project impacted Pittsburgh's cultural districts. The long impact and effect has been long-term decay, abandonment, and move. 
In East Liberty's case, it was one of the largest urban renewal strategies that resulted in creating a pedestrian mall. Um, Over 4,000 families were relocated. New housing was built, and in the end, it was a failure as soon as it opened. So urban renewal was, in that case, sort of the start and tip point of that that just continued on for decades. Failed urban renewal projects have led to the dismantling of numerous communities, but Pittsburghers have found ways to combat this. The PCRG has worked for 30 years to ensure equitable reinvestment across all neighborhoods including low-income and minority communities. Today, we take a much more comprehensive approach through advocacy and programming. And our programming is focused on how do we build the capacity of the organizations on the ground trying to be innovative to support and create communities of choice. So there's a fair amount of hand-holding and investment. The PCRG has created groundbreaking initiatives for the betterment of communities post-gentrification. But what's in store for the future? Ernie Hogan reflects on his vision after reinvesting in the people. I think a community that's inclusive, a community that welcomes and has a place for everyone is is a critical component of what success looks like. But it's going to take a lot of compromise from a lot of people, and it's going to make a lot of people uncomfortable. What we have to think about is how do we continue these conversations? And in some cases, how do we make ourselves uncomfortable to have those conversations? But at the same point, how do we then act on them to change ourselves? I'm Morgan McCray. And I'm Ivy Smith.